Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. And now we're back. Okay. Welcome back, Mrs. Fairbanks. Hi. Hi. I feel like we haven't podcasted in a while. It's been a week. Feels like forever. There was like the one week a while ago that we podcasted, I think, like three times in the same week. Well, we've had a week. That has been a big week. <laughs> it has been a big week. There's been a lot of items flying around at our household. Do you want to give the fine people an update on how your week has been? Okay. Yes. Like, okay. N- no, but yes. Because I hate when people are just like, you know, like, what's, are you okay? What's going on? Don't talk to me and leave me alone. No, I'm not okay. Hard stop. Yes. Well, go away. I'm not going to talk to you about it. But for those, so apparently I come across two people is either a pretentious bitch. Okay. Because I don't talk to anybody. So they assume that. I clearly think I'm better than them. Is that inside? I am battling like just being in existence with other people. Is that a thing though? It's a re- it's a real life thing. Is that only a thing though then for women? Because I feel I like don't know. dudes that don't talk to people. I think like it's a good thing because I think that we have developed relationships more. We've absolutely gotten business because of the podcast. Where people are, but essentially, like, I can't tell you how many people have come up and they're just like, I listen to your podcast and I love it. And, like, I never knew that, like. That you're a pretentious bitch? No, I never knew that, like, you essentially had thoughts and feelings inside that head of yours because you just sit in the corner by yourself. And it's like, yeah, I know. So people are, like, giving you compliments, but they're kind of, like, backhanded compliments? I don't think they mean to be backhanded compliments, but. Definitely not black. I didn't say black. I said back. It's okay. It's a Freudian slip. Well, this is also part of what's going oh, on God. my week. Oh, no. Blacks are involved? No. No. Then, my brain. Oh, yes, your brain. But, um, see, here it goes. I've right. derailed you. You've derailed me. And I already so, have to backhanded, <laughs> backhanded compliments. Yeah, they don't mean to be backhanded compliments, but apparently I either come across as a pretentious bitch who keeps to herself, because mm-hmm. I think I'm better than everybody who sits in the corner, or... It's, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, apparently, and then people need to come up to me. It's like, are you, are you okay? Bitch, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. If I look like I'm overwhelmed and stressed and freaking out, please walk the other way. Because if you see it on me, that means that I'm like milliseconds away from erupting and you will get the wrath of it if you are in like a two-step proximity. So those those apparently Who's touching you? Oh ladies put their all the time, one of these. All the time. Women That's I sexual appreci- harassment. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Like you like you just touched my knee. They touch your low back. Like you can no longer be governor or mayor or some shit. Doing this stuff is like that. why I could never teach. Because I love the idea of being a teacher. And if I was going to teach, I would probably do best with high school. Because I love children, but I hate other people's children. Like, if the child has no assigned adult to it, then I want it and I love it. 
But if they have an assigned adult, instantly my opinion of them changes. Of the child? Of the child. Really? Except with Morgan. Morgan's my absolute favorite. I love her so much. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying desperately to have a prearranged betrothal for all my children, but especially for Michael, because I need the Harlows as my in-laws at some point. Whatever. Hank's just going to marry up. It'll be fine. (laughs) You're good. He's already betrothed to Charlotte. Yes, that's true. And E. Gosh, we're going to have a battle. You just polygamy. That's fine. Anyway. From a Mormon stock, anyway. (laughs) So. I lost it again. So anyway, you're just saying that it's been a week. It's been a week. So I apparently, so it started out, we're okay, but like I am working a lot more at the office because one of the girls is out. And so it's. And you want to buy a boat. I don't want to buy a boat, but I do want to do. The boat. Quote unquote, like the item, like the thing you have kind of found, you've, you've voiced the idea of like, I kind of want to do some stuff Mm -hmm. that is outside of like what we deem as like the family plan. Well, because like what we can. Yeah. Cause we've always been like just making ends meet Yeah, to the point that it's like, cause that's why when we bought our house, we bought this house sight unseen. We literally had our realtor FaceTime us. Yeah, with our friends. And then we had Brian and Sarah. Brian, God bless. Walked around on FaceTime. Yes. And um, we were just like, Brian and Sarah, what do you think? And like, that was it. So we never, we bought the house without ever going into it. Which I never appreciated the inordinate amount of stress Mm -hmm. that theoretically that was placed on them. I'd be like, all right, guys, if you were going to buy this house, would you buy it? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, what if this house was just a total shithole? Yeah. Like, what if it was horrible? Yeah, I never realized, but it's... I think they knew us, which is just... Because that's what our realtor was like, well, you know, it is... It's dated, and it's... We're like, does it work? Because yeah. I think that most, especially women, when you have couples that are, like, looking at a house, I think especially women will go in... Men... And I've told this to my parents, because my parents are getting ready to they're going to spend most of their time in florida but they're, they're thinking about getting a home here for the summer spend time with the kids so like um they're going over all these things and they have a buyer for their house and it's it's so funny because it's they're talking about like the couple that's buying their house or whatever but i'm like the men and women are going to look at things differently because i'm talking to my mom and my mom's like well i'm worried about this i'm worried about this i'm like to the man that's not going to matter i'm like a man is going to walk into a home that he wants to buy he's going to look at the roof He's going to look at the foundation and he's going to look like he's going to look at your driveway and think, shit, I'm going to need a snowblower minimum. Yeah, your parents' driveway is the truth. Yeah. Like it's, that's what a man's going to look at. The women, the woman is going to come in and look at, is the kitchen pretty? Can I envision a, a 15 party like themed dinner? Yeah. Cabinet event? knobs. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm never going to look at at cabinet knobs. Yeah. Women look at cabinet knobs. And yeah, are things pretty? Yeah. Um, and I am not that woman. So I remember like the realtor going through, he's like, well, you know, it's dated and this is old. I'm like, does it work? Is the stove functional? Yeah. Because like the dishwasher legit. So when you walked in our home, um, the first time we came in, it, it literally was like walking into 1972. So that I think that's when our home was built and it has not been updated. The people that lived here clearly had OCD and never had young children. Definitely. Whether it was OCD, they definitely didn't have any young kids or kids in the house. It was like pristine. Yeah. But it was 
like baby diarrhea color yellowish green shag carpet. Yeah. You know, like when your baby's teething and it's like that like neon orangish greenish oh, yeah. yellowish diarrhea. Yeah. That's the color of the carpet. Mm-hmm. And it had the original wallpaper and the bathrooms were just like disco tile thing. Like it was it it was old. Yeah. But for me it just became I've gotten so used to now in homes that it's like and we were we were, again just at the point of making ends meet, where it's like if you're telling me that this is the crappiest house in the nicest neighborhood, right. then we're gonna buy it. And yep. as long as it's functional. Yeah. And granted, damn it, that dishwasher was the best freaking dishwasher I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it rocked. It legit was probably older than I am. It probably never got ran. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was fantastic. But that's how I am. Again. So anyway, that was it. That was buying the house, which was, is it functional? Is it functional? And the difference between kind of men and women, then when they walk into a house, I'm yes, trying to bring no, you back because I know you're lost. I, I'm have, I'm have yeah. such a bad. <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't remember where we were going with it, but this is buying the house, always being poor. So like making, just making ends meet. So we've never had enough money to do a lot of updates where right. it's just, we have dealt with what it's it is. What, if we were going to save up money, it was always going to be done something that we were going to do it ourselves. Well, and we've always had to drink, like we've had a water heater break. Like we have saved up a little bit of money and then it's like something breaks Real we life. Need, or we need to buy a new car or something happens or... My medical bills from my gazillion issues that I have have always drained our funds. We've never had money. And we are finally, hopefully, praise the Lord, baby Jesus, fingers and toes crossed to Mm -hmm. a rain dance, that we are at the point where we have a little bit of extraneous funds, more of a fun fund, so to speak, stored. Yeah. And I would like to start doing some updates around the house. Right. But I feel bad about that so i am trying to do it myself well you have things that are go above and beyond what we normally would do even if we were saving up money we want to do like we're because if it was you you would do all the projects all at once i have a problem with that correct and so i've always had to be like no like we're going to do one major project to the house once and that's all we've been able to afford And, and we've always had the attitude of like if it ain't broke don't fix it so it doesn't matter right what our bathrooms look We're like, not. our dishwasher. If it works, we have to keep it because right. we can't afford to do anything until it breaks. And we don't buy a car because we want to buy a car. Yeah. We buy a car because that car no longer works. Yeah. It ceases to function or it breaks and to fix it is as much as buying yeah. another car. Another car. So I've been working a lot at the office, um, which has been which has been nice because I'm, I'm just kind of working part time. But it is definitely an influx of where I was. And it's a great time because we're kind of in between our off season and our busy season. Right. So once we transition fully into our busy season, I will not be able to work as much outside the home. But right now, while the kids are in school, I'm doing that. Um, so it's a lot of moving parts. And football is kind of in full swing right now, which is... Yeah, we had lot. our first game yesterday. Yeah, but it's a lot of commitment. It's a lot. It's a lot of stress because the kids, your head coaching flag, but also helping to assist, assisting coach the other um, groups as well for different ages. So you're gone. A I'm not amount. gone the normal amount of time that if I was just coaching the one flag team, I'm yeah. gone more. You're gone more. Yeah. And um, 
and then baseball is going to start kicking off. So it's a lot of moving parts and we're getting in the flow of things. I always need when we're changing, when there's a change, it's like I need to pump the brakes. Yes. Because emotionally, like I have to grapple because it's it's always a domino effect. If there is a change, it's like, okay, we are we are bringing in a new cat. We just adopted the new cat. So it's like we're bringing in the new cat, which means that we need to now account for X, Y, and Z. Like there's always something else where it's like, I need to make sure that I am watching these things and that we have to now monitor Coco for the first couple weeks until there's like all these things that go, it's not just like we're going to dump the cat in the living room. There she is. So with every decision, especially when it comes to schedule changes, there has to be, your personality does not allow you to just drop the cat in the front room. Whatever my personality aside is that when shit change, I think for every, and that's why every. Nobody mom, likes change. No, but I think every mom talks about this. Why I hate the idea that kids are off for the summer. Anyway, it's the, we'll discuss that later, but that's a completely antiquated, horrific thing that we still like to torture everybody with, but it's the worst for all parties involved. And every mom feels this. Every teacher feels this. It's Teachers like unions probably dig it. Well, that's, we'll go there later, but <laughs> it's, it's exhausting yeah. because it's such an abrupt and like rampant change. Yeah. Um, so mom, usually moms are the ones that have to deal with those consequences of the change. And we're, we're in that mist right now. But we, so we're dealing with that. And now because of COVID, like back in fucking full swing, just going from like, just, you know, riding low underneath the waves to now like it is just like in your face again, as if we have just gone literally back in time. Yeah. From what it sounds like is that however hard COVID ever hit our area, we're back at those numbers again where it is hitting it that hard. Yeah. The only difference is, in my opinion, which is they're not closing stuff right now, which yeah. I am a fan of. Yeah, the not by the time is, that the podcast Yeah, not by the time this comes out, they may close it and schools might be closing. I've heard that there are some other county there are schools and counties in the state of Virginia that have started to close their doors, right, for school. But to me it's if people are afraid of getting it, if people are fearful for whatever the reasons are, then those are the people that should not go out or whatever. And the reality is that you got to be able to allow it. Just you got to keep things open. I think it will be different this time simply because we have already tried the let's shut down the world. Exactly. And and it doesn't work. But I also understand that when you're dealing with like it, it, it may be the only I don't know. OK. This is not a podcast discussing COVID opinions and and all that goes along with it. But the it, we're just it. The reality is is that it it likely will happen at some point. But that it definitely it makes is different from like from infinitely more right. complicated. But having kids be in school as last year at this time, it was that we everybody was virtual, and then we only progressed to a hybrid situation. So this is the full first full year where everyone's back. And everybody seems committed to that. However, yeah, the governor like passed a law to try and force it to where it's like to really try and force schools to stay in open. person. But there's a lot of caveats to it. Right. And obviously it may not come to fruition. But because everyone's back in person is it seems like the level of 
uh, precaution is is was super vast last year, and this year it's almost impossible. So it's like, you know, Henry. Now he started kinder, so there's just a cesspool of germs anyway. So right. kids normally are going like kinder first, second when they're itty bitties is they're going to be out and they're going to be out a lot because they're building naturally building up their immune yeah. system and that's just expected. Yeah, peak immune building time. Yeah, where they're just, ugh. And I've seen it at football where I've told you this. I'm like, if literally 17 people come back and say they've tested positive for COVID, I will not be surprised because... Just, just on the flag team, just on our age group. Because sure. there, there's three coaches. If I come to help, there's four, which side note, I am not meant to coach. I don't do well. I know. Continue. <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate. It's like a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not built for it. I Correct. I can't handle. I'm yeah. too type A. I can't handle the chaos. But um, it's like just trying to keep them apart is difficult. And they're like licking each other's faces. And there's yeah. only like eight of them. So I can't imagine in a kindergarten setting when there's 32 of them. Can I share a story? Oh, God. You were there. Don't don't say names. Okay. Whatever you do, don't say names. I won't say names. But it is You're starting to cry. It's because it is it was so funny. So one one of our one of our players is just having a total nuclear meltdown. And so I think that they're, they're five. So right. oh, yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. like they're itties, bitties. You know? But like we have a couple of kids that definitely struggle more than others. And so one kid is having a total nuclear meltdown. It's just like, all right, all right, all right, come here, come here, come here. What's wrong? And it's just, it's, I, I can't find my, through snot and tears, it's, we figure out, he can't find his mouthpiece. So we're like, all right, you can't find your mouthpiece. And uh, so, you know, the the parent, the guardian that's with him, he comes over and say, hey, could you keep an eye out for his mouthpiece? And so it's lost it somewhere. And so, and so he is uh, still very upset. And so about two or three minutes later, like we're trying to do something, some whatever. And I see um, another one of the players is uh, pulls out a mouthpiece that's not that player's mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, you there, kid number two. Is that is that your mouthpiece? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. I'm like, but isn't your mouthpiece completely clear? And then and that one seems like kid number one. That seems like his mouthpiece because that's black and white. And he's like, oh, no, yeah. No, this is kid number two, number one's mouthpiece. I'm like, Awesome. I'm could you give that back to him? Could you, could you give that back to him, please? Better yet, can you give it to the dad and he can put it in a sterilizing unit? And, and it was just – and so that was like – that is the epitome of oh, like the kid's like, kids. oh, a mouthpiece is on the ground. This goes in my mouth. Yep. <laughs> this goes in my mouth. They're literally like picking each other's boogers. They're yeah. spitting on each other. They're literally, literally licking each other. <laughs> you said that there was like two kids fighting over a flag like within their mouths. They each had a piece of the flag in their mouth and they were battling back and forth with it. <laughs> so again, my type A heart cannot handle the complete chaos. That and that's it, in the first five minutes. It, 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 yeah. it, truly. It's, it's ridiculous. But, um, so we're going back. So I can't imagine, again, being in kinder, everything that's going on. Right. Henry ended up getting a little tummy bug. And he needed to be out. So COVID aside, like, for sure he needed to be out. And he ended up being out because it has to be, the rule is, even pre-COVID, like 24-hour symptom-free, fever-free, whatever. Um, Which no one wants a five-year-old at school that's pooping his pants. Yeah. 
he just like that would be less than ideal. Yeah, and and vomiting and all the things. Yeah, they just. <laughs> but so we he was out for three days. We finally got him to where he had not had diarrhea for twenty four hours. So we're like, okay, great, you get to go back on Friday. Meanwhile, our eldest has. What we assume is exacerbated by allergies or just a basic cold, whatever. So we kept him out Thursday, like uh, under any normal circumstance, because it was so mild. It's just go, dude. But he kind of expressed like this. Because we had to go like the first day we were just kind of like, I don't feel good. And then he came back and he's just like, that was horrible. Because he has to wear the mask. And it was it was just he was. And they have to be masked while they do P.E. They have to be asked and pee. Which sucks. Which, and that was what that was that day, right? So he was just like, this was awful. Like, I had to wear yeah. a mask. And then I also had PE. And it was just like, Because he complained. Like, he was a little stuffy. But the reason, again, that pinpointed to allergies. Because anytime it's like stuffiness, like, oh, do you have COVID? Yes. It's the same. Like, I, I have to tell the story. Please. I was working on a patient. Have my mask on, right? They're awful N95s or level three masks, right? And I was breathing. Are you masked and shielded? Yes. So you guys are like. Like you're working in Chernobyl, for and that's yeah. When you go get a COVID test, what they now the, they have disposable gowns. Um, we just use patient jackets, so our own jackets, which are thicker anyway, and we change every patient. But the disposable gowns, we wore those in hygiene school. Sure, but it's mask, goggles. Or loops, whatever you wear, and then um, shield. And our mask is either N95 or level three. We've gone back and forth depending on COVID. And then um, a lot of hygienists are double gloving. You guys are just like decked out. Yeah, because we're six inches away from an open mouth. Right. And then like spraying shit everywhere. Yeah. But anyway, so I was working on a patient and I was had my mask on, of course, and I was just breathing and like a piece of the cotton or whatever from the mask like went down my throat. So I'm like, <clears throat> and I felt I'm it dying. coming. I'm dying. Well, I felt it coming where it's like when something goes down the wrong tube, it's a cough is coming. Right. So instead of coughing, I said, oh, I need to grab another instrument. And I left the room and I went in the back. And of course, I grabbed something to look like I wasn't lying. He's like, but I got up the piece of cotton, right? I coughed and got it up. And I came in the back room with the new instrument and my patient sat up. He goes, do you have COVID? Yep. I, I sure do. do. Yep. That's why I'm working just inches away from your face. I'm trying to infect as many people. So it's just like people are so bold and ablazoned these days that hopefully you stabbed him. No, <laughs> I could tell I shouldn't talk about, pa- I can't talk about patients. You can't. No, but I want to. There's so many that I just have such good stories. You do. But anyway, I'll tell you in private. Um, so where are we going? Henry got sick. So Michael wearing the mask, but he had stuffiness and he just complained like essentially that his passages were inflamed enough to where like they, they closed, which right. is not, there's no mucus production. There was nothing. Yeah, I can't breathe. You just can't breathe. Um, And so we ended up keeping him home and it was a mild case. And so we emailed the nurse and said all the things and we got his work and his counselor was like, that's fine. If the nurse has any questions, she'll reach out to you. Because at this point, nurses, the school nurses are being so inundated with phone calls and emails that that's why the elementary nurse was like, if he's got diarrhea with Henry, just keep him home. Like, if anything else happens, let me know. But like, 
last year it was if they sneezed i swear to god it was like a phone call from the nurse the principal the damn cdc everybody has to be tested no matter what for anything right and so i thought it was more lax and then at 7 30 at night we get a phone call yeah from the nurse that's like you have to get michael tested and i'm like but i i'm almost positive it's allergies he doesn't have mucus production he doesn't have anything she goes i understand and she was very nice they're very, very nice lady, but she's just like, you said the phrase allergies and she goes, and I can't tell you how many kids we're having right now that who swear that it's just a very mild case of allergies or something, but they're coughing or they're sneezy or they're whatever. And they're popping positive. She goes, there are kids that are on their deathbed that we swear will be positive and they aren't. She goes, it's like, there's a GI bug going around right now. Flu is now starting and. Yep. And COVID. just as common sense it does not get to. doesn't get to play a factor so we had to go get him sucking tested and then everybody has to remain home right and so it's just it ends up like henry ended up missing a full week essentially school even Mm. though he was better because he had to stay home jack had to miss michael had to miss a couple days and in middle school it's a lot harder which i'm sure in high school it's probably the same way although high school like i had seen an article again don't know the validity of it but it was from the local paper that's talking about how, like, Waynesboro High School doesn't have enough, like, teachers right now. Sure. So they're just sticking a bunch of kids in, like, study hall mm-hmm. with a computer to do their work. Which is always good. Which is just, yeah, right? It's never a waste of time. Never a complete waste of time. They're never going to do anything that they're not supposed to when they're unsupervised in a room. I'm anyway. sure they have an adult. Yeah. The PE teacher. The one, of the the one, of the, one of the coaches. One of the coaches. The lunch ladies. With somebody. More lunch ladies should be teachers because they are some hard nosed. They're so making. they're smart. They're outside contractors. Yeah. They're not. They're not on. They're not getting sucked into that. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a shit show, right? Totally. And so we are dealing. Like so, it's like we get in the change of having them back in school, working, and then like a kid sneezes, and now everybody's home, and you have to adjust. And the biggest thing for you definitely is because you're such a creature of habit because you're always, for better or for worse, you are thinking 10 to 12 steps ahead of every single scenario. Mm -hmm. And I would say nine of those steps are typically will never happen. Like we'll never get to those steps. Mm -hmm. But I have to. Because you have all of these contingencies that are just all over. Like, what if this happens? And then if there's an alien invasion, how do we be able to work with this? Like, it's just you're all over always. Mm -hmm. So when you have subtle changes, it's not just like, okay, we'll go with the flow. It's just like I had 87 contingencies off of what our current situation is. Mm This was one of them, but now I have to work off all the contingencies off of now this new branch. Yeah. So it's very overwhelming for you, and you can see it. You can yeah. see that you become incredibly overwhelmed well, even by the most subtle change that happens. And for me, going back to work is you – I was the breadwinner at first, and mm-hmm. then the situation vastly changed. And you make the money. That – like we cannot affect your job. Your job is to bring home the bacon. For the, the family. The good news is, though, that my work does allow yeah, you have some flexibility. A, God bless your job. Right. Yes. But it's right now, while you have a job, your job is to make the money. Right. My job is to take care of everything else on the back end. And so me working is almost like a privilege, so to speak. And I know that that is going to be taken the wrong way. But it, what I mean by it is that it's 
I get to do it because the kids are now in school. Right. And I get to make a little bit extra money and it checks a lot of boxes for me. Right. But now it's it's all these things where it's just like, God, if, if you know, the kids go back and then the school calls and I have to come pick them up. Like it's I'm used to always having my phone on me because we do work off of it. Sure. But when I'm at work, you can't have your phone. Legit, I cannot check my phone. I am rolling with patients from the second I get there to the second I leave. Right. So it goes through my brain. It's like, okay, God, what if the school calls and something happens and I can't get there and John's in a bit. Like, I it, I have to rely on you more yeah. than for child care, which you're a parent. It's your responsibility. All these things for you crazies that are listening that are forming opinions about something you don't know anything about. I love that you're mad at them. You're mad at them already. Because I like, ah, know the conversation yourselves. in my head. Yes. <laughs> but it's the, just the way that you and I roll, the way that we have worked as a team is we have some some clearly defined roles that we're more we're okay with intermixing and intermingling if need be. But right. like the way that we go throughout about our day is that I handle certain things, you handle certain things. Right. And when I have to rely on you then to take care of other things, it takes away from your ability to to bring home the bacon and right. that is a problem sure so it's that's why i have all these contingencies and try to like plan b and c all the way to z mm-hmm. of and you're very good at it and it's yes <clears throat> and i don't do well when all of this gets mixed so that was that was one part of the week of just having to deal with kids and being home and taking them to doctors and all that nonsense um spoiler alert mike was negative yeah. So that's great. But like we went, like they're so inundated too. Like, cause it's, it's hard. Cause again, it's the, the idea of like building where it's like, especially last year, I knew something was up before they even announced that COVID was a thing. Right. I'm getting those same sensations now yeah. because I'm seeing the patterns again of yeah. like massive price increases at the grocery store, which means shortages, lack of things at the store, which means shortages, yep. things starting to close. Like, Pediatri- like our pediatrician sent out essentially a plea, which is like, please be patient with us. Like we are literally working at more than triple our capacity right now. Yeah. And it's, I'm seeing that through doctor's offices. I'm seeing that in restaurants. It says all these signs are leading to another big thing that and, I'm trying to plan for. And what's a shame is, is that it's the same, <clears throat> that issue that they're dealing with right now is self-inflicted and not by them, no. but by the community. Because the reality is this is the same thing that we talked about the other day where there was that massive shortage, quote unquote, of gas on the eastern coast. Yes. Because of the Russian hackers. Yeah. Well, there actually never was a shortage of gas. Mm -hmm. There was just the fear of a shortage of gas. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the media picks that up Mm -hmm. and runs with it, Mm -hmm. immediately everyone, us included, fills up their mowers, fills up all their cars. No, but I'm saying like they fill up everything. Yeah. Like, they fill up all their extra gas cans, all the stuff, right? And so it immediately causes – because the system itself is not built. They're built for a, a standard Tuesday mm-hmm. of gas mm-hmm. consumption. It's not built for every human mm-hmm. that lives to get gas on that one day. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work In that way. In all their devices, all so, their machines. Yeah. Right. So immediately it causes a shortage. The reality is, is that it's the same thing. Where right now it's – there's so much fear and restrictions that are being put on, say, by schools. So if a kid does sneeze or have anything, 
now it requires a test where in reality it's like no like this used to just be a kid is home Mm -hmm. and parents were furious Mm -hmm. if they had to take their kid to the doctor because they couldn't be out two or three consecutive days without like having some truancy shit happen and so it ends up being so what ends up happening is that you have a system that's not built to handle the volume Mm -hmm. And we like they're just dumping volume into these pediatricians and into these doctors. Well, yeah, it's like everyone's offsetting the blame almost. Exactly. Where it's like the school's like, we don't want to be liable. So we're just going to push it on the parents and we're going to push it on the doctors. And the doctors are like, we can't care for it. So it's push. It's like everything goes back to just back and forth. And no common sense. And no fucking. So that's that. That's that's what's a bummer is that. So you just have these. It's it's all of these unintended consequences that end up happening. But it's it's just it it makes it impossible for people because then if parents have to take off work, they can't be at work, and they can't be at work for so long. Like there's a stupid thing where they showed like a waitress, like some politician, of course, congratulated and took a picture with a waitress unmasked because. He was proud of her for showing up to work, even though she was visibly sick. Like, good for you, living your life. And she was like, I, and the restaurant had to come out and do a formal thing, because of course the major news picked it up, which is just like, we for sure. This waitress was sick, coughing in your food. Right. But it's, (laughs) but everybody said, like, there, 10,000 comments, right? Where it's just like, oh, yeah. Like, this is why you guys can't get people to work, especially in the restaurant industry, because they're like, we can't tell you how many times before COVID we've worked through fevers. We've worked through like stomach bugs. We've worked because it's just, you can't take off work. And the restaurant industry is not unique in that. Right. Is employers, there there hasn't been a thing mandated yet because that's what I asked. I'm like, there's gonna have they're gonna have to pass a bill, they're gonna have to provide government funding, they're gonna have to do something, which is just if you are saying to people, if you have symptoms, then you need to stay home, it's the world will shut down. Like you have to have people show up Mm -hmm. to do work, or we have nothing like it just doesn't work. Yep. But and that's what is so crazy is that it's everybody's pushing the blame back and forth. And so it goes back on parents who then can't go to work because they have to take the kid get tested. Right. I showed up an hour before they even opened. Yeah. And I was already second in line. Yeah. It took two hours. Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. And, and so now what that does is every single time that you have to run through all your scenarios in your head, you have to also be planning for the apocalypse. Literally. And typically apocalypse would have not have been the nine items. That would have been like the 20th item of like, what if apocalypse? And you're like, no, no, no. Now I have to consider this of like, what if there is no more food? Yeah. And now you're like. But like legit. And I know that I'm a crazy person. Because I know most people are like, ah, eh, we'll roll with it. I am not an ah, eh, we'll roll with it person. <laughs> I am a just in case packer. I am a just in case planner for all things. Right. And so it is. It's impossible. Yeah. But anyway, and to quickly roll back, um, it's so dealing with the kids, dealing with trying to work and manage them and do all the things. And also very briefly, I'm not feeling well. I am. Yeah. This is generally, we talked about this a yeah, couple podcasts for, ago for, where like for, it's lots of health yeah, shit. Weeks and weeks and weeks. My health has not been great. I have PCOS. I have some things going on. Um, I went to the doctor. Got blood work. Um, 
And also, I got a flu shot because they were offering them then. And I'm like, yeah, I better get it now. I got it. I had a reaction to the flu shot that I've never had before. I legit felt the same way that I, I did after my second COVID shot. Yep. Where I went way the fuck down. Yep. Broke out fucking hives. Had the worst migraine of my life. I was crying. And then... So get those flu shots. Folks. I've never, I've gotten a flu shot every year since I was, as far as I can remember, itty bitty. I've never had a problem and I had a problem. Um, so I was just dealing with the, just generally feeling like shit anyway myself. I went and gave blood work. Apparently I passed out. Yeah, that did not go well either. I f- like it's just been, it's been a week. Yeah. But, and then my brain, like that's, I've had a very hard time mentally. Well, certainly since you passed out and your body was like, this bitch, this bitch is trying to kill us. So we're going to hit her with a hard reset. So it knocked you out. I've never, yeah, I've never passed out before. So I don't know what it's like. Yeah. I don't know if I hit my head. I don't, I just remember I woke up. So I obviously fell off the table. Right. And I woke up and there was a bunch of nurses and they were they were slapping my face and they had ice and all the things. I looked around and because I was like, because my legs had buckled under me. Right. And so I'm like, I need to get my legs out was the first thing I said when once I came to. Yeah. Because then I freaked the fuck out because I didn't know what happened. So right. I'm like, where am I? What's happening? And I freaked out. And then my legs and the, she's like, just sit there. like you could tell it was don't move. Yeah. So she wrapped my arm and there was blood everywhere. I had blood all over my shirt, blood all over the floor. And then I went to work. And but I just, <laughs> like there were things that were I probably shouldn't have gone to work. I made it, but I have struggled for a couple days now of like I feel like I've, I've had brain fog. Yeah. And it's been like not okay. Yeah. Like I forgot how to use the x-ray rin. When I was with a patient. Which is just a machine. That's like one of the things that you use while you are. All day long. I could do it subconsciously and I forgot how to use it. I was driving and I forgot, like I didn't know where I was. Yeah. I forgot. I was trying to, I couldn't get words out. So I was trying to describe to you, like, I need to go to Michael's school. And like, I forgot the word for school. Like I couldn't explain. Right. Yeah. Your brain had a hard reset. Yeah. Welcome to. It's getting better. I'm better. For sure. You've you've gotten better. You're improving. Yes. But yeah. But it was just. Passing out is usually not super. I'm just. I don't know if that's a regular part of passing out. Not super awesome. But it just. It's been. It's been a week. Yeah. But I'm coming. We're coming back. What are we talking about today? We're usually freaking minutes in. We don't have to. It's all right. I don't. I don't like to complain about things. It's, it's not complaining. You're just updating. And it's good. It's cathartic. A big part of our podcast, it's, if people don't want to listen, they don't have to listen. The reality is, is us just talking. These are the things that we're talking about. And it's important to be able to get down again. It's just one-on-one time. We're not trying to balance this in between the kids. Right now, the neediest person in this room is Coco, which is down you're, by my feet. You're worried about, okay, we have a dog. I'm not, She's no, no, no. eating a bone. I'm not worried so about she that. doesn't eat the I'm cat. I'm saying the neediest person. I'm saying you don't need to be worried. Stop worrying. You're such a worrywart. It's okay. So the one thing that we wanted to talk about, which is his, is about like outside perception. 
And it's a thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately. What do you mean? It's because it's outside perception. Again, it circles fully back. It works beautifully because like the, the way that I am perceived outside to people by people is different than what's going on internally. Sure. I'm, yeah. Without a doubt. Go ahead. And also what you believe people yes. think about you yes. is also a big deal. And I think sometimes that can be even more important. Because that now is almost like that's an internal thing that you got going on. Mm-hmm. So you you battle internal demons. And one of those internal de- demons for everybody is going to be, how am I being perceived by others as well? How are others seeing me? And it could be a literal thing too, where there is exter- you know, external factors that are playing on you that other people have. That It's always more powerful. It comes from, I think, that same place of like being afraid of... We're always more nervous about, you know, before you get ready to do a thing, like the anticipation of is always worse than the doing. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's always worse. And so that's where a lot of times it's going to be being able to work through those nerves or that fear of what's about to happen allows you to do immensely better when you're in the real life situation, but you have to be able to productively work through those things. I think athletes are going to get a lot of practice at that. I'm going to say, yeah, you're dealing with doing something in front of literally 85,000 people live and how many millions of people watching on TV. Right. But I've, I've, I don't know if I've described this before on the podcast, but for sure this is something I've talked about frequently. If I'm ever talking to somebody about sports or about those situations is that it was always more stressful in practice or always more stressful in a film room than it ever was with 90,000 people. Because Urban Meyer is for sure a psychological master. Well, right. He he could he could literally you were worried that players were going to go home and kill themselves. Oh yeah. And I think we've talked about like, you know, my favorite one of our favorite stories which is like J-Dub, which was a player on the team. Which makes it easy because that's a simple nickname lots of people have. But like J-Dub screwed up in like a punt drill and they were going over the film where he just didn't hold the block for one and a half seconds. Mm -hmm. And like there was 15 minutes dedicated to how he's going to cause all the coaches to lose their jobs and their children aren't going to be able to eat because he can't hold a one and a half second block. Like it's like, dude, like everybody needs to take like. Make sure everyone takes J-Dub's laces so when he goes home, he doesn't hang himself with them. Like it was it was brutal. And it just wasn't – yeah, it was total psychological warfare. But it is – that's a – that was always more stressful. So when we had the opportunity – you know, the, one, of the, one of the big, big, big moments that we had when I played was that we had like overtime Georgia. against our rival, right, Georgia. And we won with a field goal. And so it was up to like our little unit of – Long snapper, the whole, obviously the field goal team holding their blocks as well, but snapper to holder to kicker and our kicker wasn't in, right? Our punter, our kicker was hurt and our punter had to kick and he won, you know, and he kicked the ball and won the game, but it was completely up to you guys to win that game. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everybody was freaking out, Mm -hmm. not us. So, but all the teams like, Oh, you know, get, you guys get ready. Same thing as always. It's like, stop fucking talking to us. Mm -hmm. You literally don't ever talk to us ever. You, you you never interact with us. In fact, you just give us a hard time the majority of the time. So just back the fuck away. Well, Because and- this is our job. We don't hype you up before you're getting ready to go out and like do a two-minute drill to win the game. 
we stay the fuck away from you because that's your job. This is our job. So don't fucking talk to the kicker. Don't look at the kicker. Don't talk to the kicker because mm -hmm. they're a whole nother beast of like mental anguish. <laughs> so you have to like the kickers need to be in their own bubble. They're like leave, leave them the fuck alone because the reality was that, but we had repped that so many times. It was the one thing that we repped all the time in practice was that constant get out to the field kick a field goal in under 10 seconds. Like how fast can you get from sideline to set up to snap to kick? Can you do it? So it was no big deal. And it was always more stressful. So when we went out there, it was just business as usual. Snap to hold to kick and off we went. And, and then we won. But it was that attitude of like, it's always the anticipation if you're not prepared for that is way worse than the doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is a big piece too of like for a lot of folks of the fear of what's outside of us of like, cause you're anticipating like, Oh, people think this or people feel this about me. Or if I do this, people will think this way. And at some point you just have to stop giving a shit what other people are going to feel about you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's something that you can control. Cause that's just an internal demon. Oh, I know it's a battle, but you're not alone. Like in the reality is of that, of those, right. Of these feelings. Um, but the one thing that it was an interesting thought exercise that our um, that our mentor sent to us this past week was a story about um, I think it's Lansky or Lackey. He was the kid that was the swimmer. I think he's from Florida that won gold in one of the races. I think he won several, but one of his races. Like is it is it UF? UF. Yeah. UF kicks out more Olympian swimmers. It, it seems to be that I'm not, I don't definitely, I don't keep track of it's it super crazy, close, but like it's ridiculous. The only reason, and granted it's maybe because we are fed UF news. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like, Oh, another swimmer takes gold. It's like, gosh, it does seem to be a lot. And definitely like the one kid four years ago made a lot of noise. Cause he was such a, such a douchebag. Ryan Lockie. <laughs> Whatever it was. Maybe that's the phrase I'm thinking of. Maybe it was the same kid. Either I way, think. it doesn't matter. Another Florida swimmer won a lot. And I think this was the, the kid that the story was about, but it was the idea that this was like a 50 lap race and he was losing and certainly not in first until the last two laps of the race mm -hmm. and he wins gold. Mm -hmm. And so it was an interesting like thought exercise of the fact where he had a, he had a, obviously had a plan. Like whatever the plan was that he had set up, whatever his training regimen that he had set up, everything was in place to where for sure if he's looking over and he's feeling where the other swimmers are in relation to him as he's swimming, there wasn't obviously, there couldn't have been too overwhelming of a concern that he was going to somehow lose just because he wasn't in first through laps one through 47. Mm -hmm. And as he gets into those last 49 and 50, those last two laps, he then just completely out of nowhere gets a massive burst of speed and then beats everybody. And it was because that was always part of the plan. And so the interesting thought exercise is as we go through um, the, the year, you know, a lot of folks are going to break down like the success of a year based off of like your quarter, quarterly goals, right? I had a quarter goal for quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. And this is definitely the case, like say for my day job that I have, where you have sales, you have metrics, you have things you want to try and hit. You have goals that you need to try and hit. And so it is, okay, where are you in relation to what your year goal was? And uh, did you hit your goals in Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4? 
And the fact is, is that this is kind of like the grind part for a lot of folks as you are now coming into like September, October, November, where it's kind of be like this thing's holidays are going to come up in the States. Like you're now going to have folks where like the grind of the year is really going to start to get felt mm -hmm. because the idea is like, oh man, like it's, we're almost there. Yeah. Like you've almost made it through the year. And what's interesting is the only, the thing you have to remember is that it's whatever your goals were, like oftentimes, like for my day job, I've been like, this is my first full year of going through, but it's like, it's, it's going to get suspiciously quiet in Q3. Just hang on, mm -hmm. like relax. Your meetings are going to go down. Like people aren't going to make call. Like there's going to be tons of things that are going to happen. And it's like, just buckle up for Q4. Cause it's going to like, it's just going to dump like tons of work is going to happen in Q4. And what so is, is that October through December? Yeah. October, November, December. Yeah. The, the four different blocks. And for sure, if you are not like, I never existed in quarterly thoughts. Like when you worked in school year, you don't yeah. work in quarter. Like yeah. you may have quarters, but they're nine week quarters. You know what I mean? Like there's stuff that's, you're breaking stuff down on like a, uh, not a 52 week schedule, like a 36, 38 week schedule. But it's going to be so it was interesting as that thought process of being like it's to anyone on the outside. This kid was losing. Yeah. Like he was losing the whole race and to where for him internally or with his team, it was he's exactly where he needs to be. Because that's all part of the plan. And so I know it's a big thing that we've done for our business has been like it's. We knew we were going to have an off season. Yes. We knew we were going to step back. And we've been, I've certainly been now starting to turn things up and I'm prepping a lot, like a lot of stuff that we're doing, we're really prepping to go into Q1 of next year as well. And we're starting to pick up, um, motion and it hasn't been the easiest thing not to move on, not to try and like add more work to be done or do more just because it's like other folks don't know what your plans are. And I think that this can be applicable, not just in business, but it can be for all of us where it's like, people don't know what you're going through. You know what I mean? They don't know what the plan is, what your family's plan is. So it's like a simple ask, which is like, can we do X or can you do this? Or can you do that? It's, no, no, we can't. And you have to be confident in being able to say no or yes mm -hmm. and know that that's part of the plan. And yeah, and, and we, you and I have had a lot of conversation about this, especially, you know, if I'm, I'm taking this in a very personal way that it's, um, you know, with me working more, it's like, gosh, I'm sure that they would like they want me to work more and more and more like do do I want to continue to do this and 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 we have had a very lots of conversation about that that's not part of the plan like it's we're well, it's going not even part down, of your plan right like and that's where and that's not where it's not, it's not it's like well it's not part of the plan amy like no 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 it, no but it, it, but it, need, it does but it is important to always voice that where it's like it's the plan that you have voiced so it's like okay you could do that. But that's what I'm saying is people I think can get derailed very easily and there's always judgment toward it. So it's like, you know, when it comes to football, 
It's like great because there's no, no, but when it comes to youth sports in general, nobody ever volunteers. Nobody helps. People just want to sit in their chair and bitch complain, right? And I would be willing to say it's not even just youth sports. It's anything, whether you go to church, whether you do this, no matter what group you were in, everyone knows like there's two, three top spy families that just pretty much do everything. Yeah. That are, that are willing to help and that's it. And, but it's like, oh, great. You're helping with football. Now, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Because you've said yes to this and this, so you can do this. And there comes a point where it's like, no, I'm not doing that. And for people, it's like, well, oh. well, what? Because well, in there, it's impossible for them to see that it's just like, well, I'm here all the time and I have nothing else going on in my life. So right. I don't understand why you would say no. Right. Because it's like, you're so involved. Why would you say no? And it's, it's not part of our plan. So right. it's you are doing so much with football already. We are we have volunteered. We have checked the boxes for what our parental responsibilities are. But we are purposefully because it's like, could you do more? Yeah, we could delve down that path mm-hmm. and go all in the same way that I could say, yeah, I'm, I could work every single day now that the kids are in school. Right. But it's it's having to take those hard resets of that is not part of what our plan is. Right. And. It's not ultimately like it's it's that constant reevaluation of where are we going and what what do we want? And the only and, way that we and, and this isn't because we've been really good at the skill. No, we have said yes to, to way, way too, too many, many things. things and we get into it and you have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I've had a nervous breakdown before. Mm-hmm. Right. It's where it's, the wheels are starting to come off. Mm hmm. And so as those wheels are starting to come off, everything then breaks. Mm -hmm. And so the fact is, is that you can't afford that much lost time. You can't afford a fucking existential crisis. But that's, I mean, that's what people end up doing is nobody sits and reevaluates. No, because it's, it's the epitome of like, we see so many, how many people have you talked behind their back? Not you personally, but as we all are thinking about this, right? Is how many people have you talked behind their back of being like, that bitch is bit off more than she can chew. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is that. Mm-hmm. This is prepping before that happens because we've all been there. Everyone's been there. And being okay because you're going to get judgments about it. And right. again, it's not succumbing to the, the pressure, the social pressures, whatever exists. And women have this like master. In spades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of being able to make other people feel bad about their decisions. And without, like women instantly judge. Right. I'm not saying men don't, but women no, it's different. suck in so many ways when yeah. it comes to this. But it's <clears throat> it's instant judgment about another person and then going down multiple paths of how they feel about that person and that person's life decisions without taking a half of a second to kind of reevaluate where it's like, I don't know what that person is. And it's so, so cheesy. It's like, you don't know. Everyone is dealing with so many demons. Like you only see, you know, it's it's the iceberg metaphor. Right. You only see to ten percent of the surface of what actually is going on. But it is so true that it's you don't know what other people have in their life. Not even like the bad shit, but just right. their plan. Yep, you in, only see ten percent of the yeah. plan, right? Whatever the iceberg metaphor is for sure, and it doesn't always have to be just negative shit. Right. It doesn't have to be like, oh, she doesn't want to hang out. And she doesn't want to do this thing. So it doesn't always have to just be the negative shit. Mm -hmm. Because that's where a lot of times it's just going to be like, it doesn't have to be. So it's kind of getting back to that thought because we 
had a poop emergency, which wasn't us. No, and I'm sure they probably heard it. Yeah. Henry came in and said, Mom, I have to poop. Um, but it is <clears throat> the idea of just because she says no does not mean that she was molested when she was 10. Yeah. And that's all, oh, well, okay. Like, it doesn't always have to be something. It's like, no, like, this can be, it's, I can't come hang out because I have to do these things because mm-hmm. this is part of our shit. <clears throat> yeah. Like me coming to hang out means that I can't walk my dog. I can't take care of the chickens. I can't do this. I can't do well, that. And it's like, well, it, it, and this is what it, it is. Women, women are worse at it because they take it personal. Well, yeah. And, and people just end up being selfish as fuck. Right. And the fact is, is that it's like I can give. The problem is my giving this week is tapped out. Because I've given in all these different areas, which you don't know about, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. As in, person that's not part of my family, mm-hmm. you don't know that because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not my fucking job to explain that to you. But you just yeah. need to understand that one, don't fucking read into it. Mm-hmm. Is if I can't hang out, I can't hang out. Mm-hmm. But that's it. So fuck off with no. like it's that, and so that is very much a big piece of. Again, it's being very confident in a plan. Yeah. And go ahead. You did you want to say anything? Because I'm I'm moving in a different direction. No, but it just I I can't tell you how many times I experienced this. And again, there are some some people are just like this. Some people there's warranted times when they're going through things where they end up being selfish, but they seem to have the blinders on more so than other times of not being able to recognize how other people are feeling. And you call them takers. Right. They're just, they're incapable of seeing any, the other side of things of the person they're dealing with. They just want to take, 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 take from your time, your love, your compassion, your, all the things. Right. And sometimes that's warranted and that's okay. Um, But you have to be very strategic. But then there's other people who are just, yeah, very constant takers. Right. But, um. So the direction I wanted to keep going was that, yeah, no, and so it is, but the problem is. Is that do you have a plan? Like, does your family have a plan? Do you personally have a plan? And we've been talking a lot about like goal setting and all these things, obviously, because this is things that we're doing a lot of right now mm-hmm. and prepping. But it's like these tiny, teeny steps that almost seem they're so menial. They're so small. Because when you start breaking down like larger goals mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, it seems stupid, but it's like it's I didn't get to hit my goal for Wednesday, mm-hmm. which means I am now off course for what I need to have happen in six months from now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so crazy is that you still have to be able to play in a game of flexibility, mm-hmm. but it's that constant evaluation and reevaluation of what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. And it's just the ease of like, what are my goals today? What do I need to get done today? Because, and prep for the takers in your life prep for the people that are going to come and take your time. They're going to suck your time. Or the fact is that they're going to be fucking COVID. Like now all of a sudden there are all these things that we have to prep for, but it's being then confident that once you have your plan in place, that is flexible, that has the ability to adjust all those types of things, right? It's written in pencil Mm -hmm. and not in pen or etched in stone, but it's, you have to be confident to people that are going to come and derail that 
or you have thoughts that are going to derail you and you're going to have like shiny object syndrome where there's like, oh, over here, this is pretty. I can go do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to tell those people to fuck off and however you do that. Right. Right. And, <sighs> and it's super easy to say. Yeah. <clears throat> And the execution of that can be much harder because there are going to be times where your heart is totally in the right place. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want to help foster children. Yes, I want to be able to adopt all the animals. Yes, I want to be able to get politically involved in local government. Yes, I want to be able to do this. Yes, like it's all of these things. And it's like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. this isn't part of our plan. Are they all good things? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I think it's also important because I think in like previous podcasts, we had talked about like having a five-year plan and how it's stupid. Yes, Because it is. things change. Because it's way too long. It is, right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like it's yes and no. It's I am one that plans that far in advance. And I think it's like these check marks of a goal. But as you said, is it needs to be written in pencil and not etched in stone. Is that it's it's ever-changing. And sometimes there are deterrence right there are paths that you go down that may change the ultimate goal Mm -hmm. and 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 the the goal evolves as you go along and that may be something that's better you know it's it's as you're exploring or getting exposed to new ideas and concepts and realities is things change Mm -hmm. um and that's okay and it doesn't it's just five-year plans are stupid the reason why they're dumb. They just are. Okay. I love the idea of someone saying in five years, think about the last five years of you and I's oh, and life. I think, but that's okay. not – we're not unique. No, I, I think that's everybody. I Go ahead. My point is, is that having a five-year plan is not enough. How about that? Maybe that's a nicer way of putting it for anyone that's listening that happens to have a five-year plan. Five years is too long. You cannot anticipate what we've talked about before and what we've referenced before. You cannot anticipate all of the black swan events that are going to happen in your life mm-hmm. that are going to derail you and move you in a different direction. Job changes, COVID, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, whether like all the things that can change everything that you do that you have no control over. You cannot anticipate that. So five-year plans sounds great. You put it on paper, but it's what happens next, which is what's most important. So if you have a five-year plan, you better make sure that you have a four, three, two, and one-year plan. And then how are you getting to that one year that then yeah. builds off this yeah. idea? Because I like the idea of – It's webbing. has to be. It's not it has listing. To be. Yeah. It has to be that it cannot be. I'm going to be debt-free in five years because that is not something – that happens because you say it into Put the it, universe yeah. and then the universe returns that back in kind. Like that is a daily activity mm-hmm. on how you're going to make that happen. So how are you going to make that happen? Because that ends up needing to be more realistically of my month goal. What do I want to achieve in the next 30 days? Mm-hmm. Because then what you want to achieve in the next 30 days needs to get broken down. What do you want to achieve in the next week? Three weeks, two weeks, one week, breaking those things down. And the whole reason is so that you can say no to things or confidently say yes to things that are not going to derail you. Mm-hmm. Because the fact is, it is always going to be good ideas. There's always going to be more that you could do. But you have to be able to honestly say, can I give more in this area? Or will this screw up everything that I want to do? And if you do choose to go off path, 
that it's part of the plan and now your plan is going to adjust. The target yeah. that you're aiming for is now going to adjust because that's also totally cool. Yeah, and, and that happens. And we are we are not perfect at this in any stretch of the imagination. It is something because I because I am a planner, I am more strategically stuck to the path. Mm-hmm. You are you love ideas. Because most of the clients that we have is you scoop up ideas and you scoop up dreams and hopes and and like theoretics mm-hmm. and then you then okay like okay we need to do this like the, you you are an ideas man but then in very much an action taker but you love ideas i love sure and so and that's where you and i work well together because if someone has ideas like you can go down a path a mile long yeah. on how you would do that and what you would do mm-hmm. it's not just like a man it would be really great if blank it's, it would be really great if blank, and this is how I would do it. Exactly. For me, it's I'm a hyper action taker. Yes. And so for me, it's hyper execution. But you will go off. If you say yes to something, you are all in. Correct. So you will go off on, th- and there's a lot of times where you need to push me more off the side a little bit and allow me to explore different ideas and things because I'm too scared to do it on my own. So you all a lot of times have to like push me off the cliff a little bit. And I am often, often like reeling you back in from things where you're, it has to be like a no, we can't do this because. Right. And so for me, it's like, you'll know, like my, my typical response to you for something that you will say, like an idea. And there's certain topics that you will, you will do this all the time. And whether you've caught onto it or not, my phrase is fill out the application. Mm -hmm. It's like, great. Sounds awesome. You've now talked about this for the last three years. Do something about it. Foster children. Exactly. Yeah. Do something about it. I'm not going to stop you. Because the reality is, is that, that only through action do you figure out if this is something you still want to do. Mm-hmm. Is this, And so it's like, great. Take the first step then. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you like, yeah, that's a great idea. It's just going to be like, that's an idea. You now need to explore that. Yeah. Because I don't have the bandwidth to help you with this. Yes. And, and so, it's vice versa where it's you're like, you go to a football meeting and you're like, this is really great. I really like, I really like this community. I really like these coaches. I hear about these problems. Okay, this is how I would fix it. Okay, so I need to do these things and I need to do these things. And it's like, but what we I, have to pump the brakes. But what I know about myself is that it's, it doesn't mean that, and I say this oftentimes to folks, is that it, your idea is not bad. And what you want to do is not bad. Mm-hmm. It just is bad timing. Yeah. So you either need to position this to where it then fits into what you want to be doing. And if this is what you want to do with your life, then go for it. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly, but it doesn't stop me from having like a beautiful mind moment and writing down all the thoughts of how I would do this, 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 and this, Mm -hmm. and how I would run something like this. Because when I have the bandwidth to do it, I want to do that. But too many people all of a sudden now are off building that thing. Oh, well, this is what I should dedicate all of my thoughts to. And, it, and it's why people crash and burn. Exactly. Is because it's not. Because your responsibilities don't go away. Yeah. What you are responsible for, what your job currently is, all those things, they don't leave. They're yeah, still it, there. You often tell people your career is like, you still have to eat. You still have I, to feed your kids. Is yeah. So people, 80% of your time yeah. should always be dedicated to being able to eat. Yeah. But if you don't have the other 20%, if you're not actively working the other 20% or 10% or however you want to break down that metaphor mm-hmm. of 
the exploratory phase, mm-hmm. the things that are of interest in those hobbies that you have or things that think you think about, mm-hmm. right? That are like, this would be cool. Mm-hmm. Then it's then take one step of action towards that. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being part of your plan. Mm-hmm. The plan, if you see written down on our goals, is for me to coach our kids teams. Mm-hmm. That was a planned thing. That wasn't like a, oh, I guess this will be something we'll do because, because that's quickly how the wheels come off. Well, and I think that's what so many dads end up doing, which is just like, no, I'm not coaching. And then it's like, fine. And they, they. And it strains everything. It strains the family. It strains your work. Until it just becomes a, I am never doing this again. And Mm -hmm. this is why nobody can get coaches for youth sports is because of this exact problem. Sure. Of people not taking the time to fully. It should be like a contract. It, it is a contract where you have to sign a contract, but like a contractual agreement that it's like, you need to sit on this for minimum 48 hours before yeah, you, you sign it because you need to understand what it entails. And I think a lot of folks would be like, uh, how often does a phrase of like, I had no idea how much time this was going to take. Oh, yeah. Because people look at, a, look at an organization and they're like, I could run this so much better. Mm-hmm. And they had just, it's impossible to understand. You have understand. no clue how much time goes into it. And that's where for me, it's like, oh, oh, no. I know how much time goes in because guess what? I coached before we had children. I know what coaching looks like. I know how much time it takes. And it's so funny because being a principal, it's it's why you got out of it. Again, ultimately, my gut says that once we no longer have to worry about money, maybe that's when our kids are long gone. Maybe it's when they're older. I don't know. But when we get to the point where like we don't have to worry about paying bills and eating, I think you absolutely will go back into education. I don't think you'll ever go back into administration again. But I think you absolutely will go back into education because you love teaching and you love working with youth. But it's so funny because you're seeing people that are in administrative roles, board roles, are on like the, if there's a problem, go see this person Mm -hmm. type of positions. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm like, it's, it's so much. And it's like, this, this is what, this is what being a principal is like. It's just every time that you step foot out the door, there's going to be 15 people that need you Mm -hmm. for different problems. Correct. Your, your entire job is just to put out fires. Right. And they may be big fires and they may be the stupidest thing you could have ever heard of, but everybody equally Believes that their problem is the most important problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's exhausting. And it will burn you out. Anybody. Mm-hmm. And But for sure. And so it is definitely. But what you described of like what I would want to do with teaching is that's a passion project. Yeah. And I think lots of people know very, very few people in this life get to say the phrase, I no longer have to worry about money. I know. It's but not it, a thing that works. But as goofy as it is, like you, you and I. It is possible. Yes. It's possible to be able to do that. It is possible to be able. And the thing is, is that those are the people that we definitely are surrounding ourselves, certainly intellectually, what we spend our time listening to, the folks that dedicate, that we dedicate a lot of time towards are folks that are all built around the thing of like, this is what I've done with my life Mm -hmm. to allow me to do this, or this is what my plan is. Mm -hmm. And I made it work. I hate our name. It's so cheesy. And like the whole reason that we did it is like we did the play on words with our logo of like, that's why it's close together. It's It's supposed to be like impossible. It's whatever. But I hate our name. 
but it fits exactly what we do. Because a lot of times when people are like, so what do you guys do? And it's it's always hard for me to explain. It's like, well, it's like virtual services. And like, and a lot of times I just give them the basics of like website development, social media management, all things. But it's like, that's not really what we do anymore. It's more or less that it's, we sit down with you. We take your ideas of what you want to do. We do a deep dive into your industry and how it looks and the people that have been successful doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we pair what you want to do with, like, making it successful. So it's we, like, as goofy as we make it possible, right? To, like, it's whatever you want to do, whatever your dreams are, is it's project management at its finest. Because it's we take your ideas and your theoretics, this is what you're completely versed at, and we allow you to have actionable steps to make that happen. Right. Yeah. Lots Lots of folks have tons of ideas and things that they... Um, they want to do and have no idea how to do it. Right. Or they've been doing it and something's not working or they want it to be better or they think their wheels. And the worst thing is, is that like a big piece of what we've, and and certainly it's between our connections and networks and things like that is definitely, you'll hear us talk a lot about like gyms and gym owners and things like that. Cause that's definitely a branch Mm -hmm. that I'm niching down in Mm -hmm. to be able to support. Mm -hmm. There's just too many people that I see that have problems. It's the same stories over and over. Clients that we've helped. That we realize like, okay, there's there's folks that need help here. And that's at the end of the day. It really is where we sell our time and sell a service to be able to help those people because we see those same problems, like you said, over and over and over again. But it's all applicable to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the same things of like building goals or skills or all those different types of things that can make you different or you can make a difference is applicable to everybody but definitely it is that piece of most people have tried and that is what i found that the difference is that we are working with folks that have been trying and then find themselves in a spot where they're in a rut or they need help the the folks that we're not working with are folks that have not attempted to do anything yeah because that's deadly those are dangerous waters to work with someone because it's like now it's like, well, tell me what I need to do. And it's like, well, what have you done? Well, I haven't started yet. Okay. Well, um, you have like 10 years then of work to do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see you then. Because at the end of the day, it's there's too much to be done. Well, you uh, have to know right. and what me- you want to be the doing. The metaphor that we often go back to is like people struggling because like, especially owners, right, of the, whether it's a gym or business or whatever. It's like, well, I want to do this thing and this is the plan. But it's so hard to like get the people to like do anything because they've never done anything. And it's the metaphor we have to use is like it's like assembling an Ikea couch. Mm-hmm. It's you have to it's like step one is we're going to open the box. Right. Like it has to be broken down into you can't just tell your people, OK, go build an Ikea couch. Right. That can't be the answer because nothing will ever happen. And you also can't just buy them the couch. Right. And not have instructions. Right. So it's like, okay, here's the couch. I've built it. It's great. This is all you have to do. But it's the idea where it's – we don't really work with people that it's like if they need to build the Ikea couch that it's – they haven't at least tried to do it themselves. Like we need people that have tried different things. Right. And they realize what's not working and then we can align them on a path that – We'll help them do what they want to do. Yeah. What are you attempting to do? And then we'll help you do it. And the one thing that's been cool is being in this world has been able to help folks where it's 
this is what you need to do. These are the steps that you need to follow. You can follow these things. And it's probably most of the stuff you already have that already exists in your world or you've already bought these things. So let's put them in an order that makes sense. And hey, we don't do these things. Mm -hmm. We don't do this, but we do know people that do this very well and they can help you. It's also what's super important about having people pay for your time mm -hmm. because those takers that are in the world, mm -hmm. they're going to be takers when it comes to business as well. Oh, they're awesome. It's like, oh, well, I want you to do this or I want you to do this or can you do this? And it's like, why? And it's all this free shit that they're going to want you to take. But that's why it's, that's why you, I'm going to sneeze maybe. That's why like youth organization football. So we were in football, right? It's the worst possible thing because you're relying on volunteers mm -hmm. and their volunteers and they just want more of your time. Right. They want to take, 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 take. And that's why people are just like, no, I'm not going to volunteer for shit. Right. Because there's, there's literally, first of all, <laughs> the hardest thing is, is that organizations make it seem like, well, it's your responsibility. And it's like, unless there's a consequence to me not helping I'm not going to help. Like, that's how m most people feel because they know that the second that they sign up for one thing, they're going to get asked for another thing and another thing and another thing. Because it's when you're dealing with things that are free, mm -hmm. if someone doesn't have to pay for your time in some way, shape or form, yep, it's never going to be enough. Correct. Because there's no value. No. If something's free, the value is literally zero. So that's why if you give away something for free, most people won't do it. Yep. But I, you bet your ass that if you have to pay a thousand dollars to be able to get help to do X, Y, or Z, it may be a lot less people that sign up for your course or your program or whatever. But it's going to be a lot more focused on the right people because mm -hmm. they're willing to make an investment in what you have to say or do. The adherence to the plan is yeah. infinitely higher. Yeah. And so that's definitely is that it's it's so that's where, again, it's well, hey, can I come and like pick your brain about X, Y or Z? Yeah, it's a hundred dollars an hour. Exactly. It's like, sure, I'll happily help you. But it is five hundred dollars to help you do that. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? No. It's like, so are you not serious about wanting to do it? Yeah. It's like, well, no, I'm serious. But it's like that that's a lot of money. And it's like, OK, well, when you're ready, yeah, then that won't seem like as much. I'm money. ready because yeah. it's not a lot because reality is, is that whatever you're trying to do, I can help you do. But I've spent five years knowing how to do that thing. Yeah. So and we have been through the realm of doing things for way too cheap or for free. And it just. It's it's a literal waste of our time and it's a waste of your time. Right. It's if you're yeah, and that's But again but it's all because that get that is a plan. I was gonna say it all goes back to being part of the plan. But that's you know, and it again, if I'm looking at this personally, it's like outside perception of what in coming back full circle to like how I am perceived by the world is either a pretentious bitch or that I got something serious going on and people need to like talk to me about it. Either way, it's, it's people don't have a clue. That's why we were talking about this before we hit play of like, it terrifies me when people say that they listen to the podcast and there's like certain, cause it's like, I have certain personas in certain roles that I play. Everybody does the people are like, no, I am who I am and the world needs to deal with it. It's fuck you. That's not true. Right. Everybody plays roles in different thing so it's like i'm terrified that someone at work is going to be like i heard you guys had a podcast and i listened to it it's like oh god <laughs> stop 
please right. don't because it's I play a role at work. I have a persona that I allow to mm. be portrayed. Right. The same way that I do at being a mom. Yeah, mom I'm not groups. gonna Yeah. I'm my kids don't know who I really am. I think that's one of the coolest parts of like becoming an it's either the coolest or the most challenging, depending on how it's seen, of like becoming an adult when your parents stop becoming they're never stop becoming your parents, but like when you become on a level where like your parents start telling you things that it's like, oh God, I shouldn't know. Or like you, you're seen on a level where they're just another couple or they're just right. another whatever. My kids don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. The people at work don't know who I really am. 99% of the moms that I interact with in groups and clubs and things don't know who I am. They get, but people that listen to podcasts get a, a glimpse there are still things that you definitely are reserved. There are things that you will not say that but that's only, fair. only, you know, and right. only you will ever see. Right. Because it's not meant for the world and that's right. fine. But it's when people, you and I have plans as what we want individually, what we want as a couple, what we want as a family. Like we have a lot of different, and it's a constant reevaluation. You and I are constantly talking about where we are, where we're going, what we want. And we have big plans and dreams, right? Right. Again, surrounding ourselves with people that have made that a reality and we are trying to make it a reality as well. But it's, I, I try really hard to do it when I see somebody or I have a predisposed disposition. Like, cause there's some people that just outwardly are crazy. Right. But it's, and I can think of at least five just from yesterday alone at the game. Right. That it's like, holy shit. They got some shit going on. They got some shit going on. But it's like, instead of being like, she's a crazy bitch or he is out of his goddamn mind. Right. It's taking a step back to, Again, recognizing that it's like I, whatever their path is, whatever they got going on is something that I know nothing about. But I will happily keep them at arm's distance. Right, right. I mean, then there is that like back and forth a little right. bit of, but it's like when I am in a corner by myself or I seem like something's off, it's because you have no idea how much like is just bubbling under the surface with me. The fact that I'm here, the fact that I showed up a lot of times is like, is the, the win for me. Right. Right. And you will just deal with that because I, it's just, I, I feel like I am expected a lot of times to be whatever people need me to be. And again, I think women are worse at this because every woman is overwhelmed, stressed beside herself, feelings of inadequacy, all the things, all the women feel this all the time. Right. And it just comes across as different things, but it's, I'm expected to show up and be happy and bubbly and friendly. You and, smile more. Yeah. Mm hmm. And it's just, God, you don't, it, it's, it exhausts me. Yeah. I have a personality and I am the way that I am. I am what I am. Yes. But it's, it takes a lot to, no, the world is not allowed to see it because it's mine, but it's, I don't like the outside judgment from the world. And you are a lot better at like, fuck the world and fuck what they think. I'm going to do what I want to do. I struggle with that a lot more, right? About people's perceptions, but it's simple. But you still have to play that, even for I me. Still have to play that, but then so do I. Yeah. The reality is, is that I have to deal with different types of assumptions or personas of folks that come and interact with me. But and it's it's the metaphor of the the dude swimming. 
But right. just every to everyone else, you may look a certain way. He looked like he was losing. He looked like he was failing. But he was still on his own path. And it had nothing to do with his perception by the rest of the world and the judgment by the rest of the world. Right. And right now, our plans have five tiers that we follow. And we follow those tiers. And the reality is, is that I can go to sleep at night. We can go to sleep at night knowing that we have accounted for taking care of our community, taking care of our family, taking care of ourselves, like personally, physically, right, business-wise. Like we're taking care of those pieces. And so I don't feel bad if I'm not involved in more things. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants me to feel bad because I'm not engaged in whatever, fill in the blank. It's just, it's just as politely as possible as go fuck yourself. Yeah. And it's it's harder for me. That's why right. yesterday it's like, you know, we, we checked our about, we did our credits that we needed to as parent volunteers. Right. right. But it's like, you know, we're leaving the concession stand and it's like, God, is it just, is anyone else going to show up? Like, and, and our friend had that same thing. It's like, well, do I need to like, are, is it okay if I leave? Because. Right. And it's you very much are like, no, it's time to go. Because, because. And people for sure are like, no, you can't. Like, they try to make you feel bad about it. Right. And it's just. No. and I And I do feel bad because it's like, could I stay? Probably. But it's. But no. We have to draw lines in the sand because it's. We have other things. Yeah. That need to be done. There's other pieces that now we need to take care of those because that's what ends up happening is that's how your family gets neglected. That's how your kids get neglected. It's how your wife or your spouse gets neglected. Or yourself. Because it doesn't mean that you're not – it doesn't mean that the things that you're doing are wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest part. Because I guarantee you to the people that are like, no, you can't leave. It looks like we have just decided to check out. Mm -hmm. No, we've checked the box. We're done. And to them it's like, well, gosh, you're just – you're not as giving as you need to be. And you're not as invested as I am or whatever, whatever, whatever story gets. Yeah. Right. And, that, and totally. It, but it, it's no, this was not part of our plan. Our plan. We accounted for this much time. Mm -hmm. We gave this much time and then some. Yeah. We gave a little bit of extra. And right now is that in order for us to stay on track, because that's what ends up happening is that if you want us to keep helping, we have to say no right now and step away because then we'll be able to come back and we can help again. Yeah. But the fact is, is that if you want all of our time today, then you're going to run the risk of us burning out. Yeah. And I think it's just folks don't, you can't do that because what you end up doing is you get sucked in yeah. and now you're giving all of your time and it's impossible to keep a balance mm -hmm. and you have to have it. And when people start thinking about it that way, you, anybody would be crazy to be like, oh, well, no, like balance is bad. Like everyone agrees like, oh, yeah. And it's like, OK, so, you know, well, you have the crazies that are like you can sleep when you're dead. Like it's it's balls right. to the walls every moment. And it's great. That is so, so not sustainable but, in any way, shape or form. Right. And 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 the grinding culture and frankly, the Gary V culture mm -hmm. of and just Google whoever that is, if you don't know who that is. But it's it is the idea of grinding 24 seven sleep when you're dead. That ad attitude is not a healthy attitude. Mm -mm. You can be grinding and working hard and waking up and doing all these things and waking up early and doing it, whatever. And that can be, but you have to understand like there are seasons mm -hmm. and I am speaking from for sure, like firsthand experience is if you grind that out and you ride that train as hard as you can, you will crash and burn mm -hmm. like 100%. You, and you then, go and, health. 
it's got, going to take a shit. Well, it's, it already ha- it's right. You will crash. It will it will crash. The wheels will come your, off. Your cardiologist yelled at you. Right, right, and it's but it's not just that. That's what's so crazy is that like that attitude, that mentality. It doesn't matter how you apply it. It's so consistent. So let's use another example. I'm really into weightlifting. If you max out and you redline a certain style of training where you are just like cranking it as hard as you can every session, you're just killing it. You can sustain that for X period. And then what happens next is bad. Mm-hmm. Is that you keep going and, oh, I'm making gains. I I have a new, I'm, I'm doing this more and I'm doing this more and doing this more. If you, that is what you do all the time, the wheels will come off. And what ends up happening is you have an injury and you just set yourself back two years. Everyone wants to think that they're superhuman. At whatever it is. because all, And, and, and what's deadly is because it works. And that's what's so dangerous. When you redline something and you go balls to the walls all the time and you're just cranking it out and yeah, I'm grinding, no sleep, whatever, whatever it is, that attitude works Mm -hmm. until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is catastrophic because it is catastrophic. You lose so much time and the same thing would work. So we'll finish it going back to our metaphor is that the swimmer swimming. I was going to say, yeah. Right. He cranks it out. He's killing it and he's sprinting and he is x amount of laps ahead of everybody the you know for the first half of the race and then he's gonna run out of juice and then he loses well it's it's what i said in the beginning we were going over the ideas this is the tortoise and the hare metaphor right it's the marathon it's not a sprint type mentality but it's people but at the same time everyone acts like it's a goddamn sprint yeah so you have so many mixed signals and be like come on guys life's a marathon it's about the journey but it's like but it's as fast as you can get to get a new car to get a new house to get whatever the fucking new iphone like whatever it is mm-hmm. is that you have so many competing voices for your attention that are telling you now 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 me 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 you need to go 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 grind it out don't be a bitch don't be a pussy whatever those things are that it's just as like holy shit stop paying attention to the loudest voices and start paying attention to the voices that have been around the longest mm. you're welcome that's some deep shit i know that's like bumper stickers type stuff i know because the fact is, is that there's a reason why they're around the longest. This is oftentimes why it's when you have like hunting. If you go hunting, oftentimes, especially if you're going to hunt deer or elk or anything, it's there are rules of the type of animal that they want you to kill. And the reason is, is because like if an animal has been around for a certain amount of time, oftentimes if like there isn't some weird like you're. Um, so don't kill the first thing. You can't because it's if they've been around, they have learned certain things. They've learned how not to die. Yeah. Right. They have. They And that means, especially if it's a male of that species, that means that it has passed those genes on to the next generation of whatever those skills are that now live in that RNA (laughs) DNA sequence Mm -hmm. that now lives in those next animals. And those offspring of that animal are going to have benefited from that male having lived so long. And then what you do. Is you kill that creature mm-hmm. because what you've done is you've well, – because that's hunting. At the end of the day is that you do have overpopulation problems and whatever. We're not getting into the the emotional side it. of it. But the idea is like that is what then gets identified as like that's the animal you hunt because it has done everything right. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to come out and you're going to kill one, you're going to kill one that has done all those things that are correct. Yeah. Are we done? 
Well, I think that's enough. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to be done, but I think that that is, is a good thought to end on. Yeah, it put, keep, puts us at 90 minutes, so we're good. We're getting better. <laughs> it's no Two hours. Well, and, and 38 minutes of that is just me complaining. But I'm sorry. It's not complaining. It's important because the reality is that those thoughts are not just your own. And yeah. this is also what's important, again, is that it does give a glimpse into your thoughts because I think everybody deals with these things. Mm-hmm. No matter how big, tough, burly, bearded, or tattooed anyone can be, mm-hmm. it's we all have those thoughts that you're going to have. And if it's not those topics specifically, mm-hmm. those neuroses that you deal with, mm-hmm. other folks will have for other topics. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important because it's a whole idea is a glimpse into those things. Those These are the talks that we're having. And it's important to be able to have folks see that like it's, it's okay. And I don't know, holy shit, if you're not talking to your spouse, you're not talking to people in your family about some of those things, then my God, start talking to someone. Yeah. Yeah, I... The only reason why we are able to have such a defined sense of where we are, what we want, where we're going, how we're going to do it, how we're going to support each other is because we constantly are talking. It's a communication. And we have friends that, you know, they, uh, the husband, wife, right? They share beer on their back porch. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. That is their alone time. Smoke cigars, whatever your thing is. We have a pre, we have friends that have pre-planned Friday night, date nights, that it's just, no, nothing else. I don't care what else is going on. This is our date night. Our thing is podcasting. Is that we podcast because it's part of the plan Mm -hmm. of being able to do what we want to do next. By no means should you buy microphones and set them them between you both. No, I mean, it's constant. It's like we are constantly talking. We are talking when it's – I'm – if I'm working, if you're down here working and I'm up in the kitchen and you're coming up to pee, it's like how are things going? Right. Or it's you're in the shower and or whatever it is. Like, I have him trapped. He's not working. No. He's in the shower. No. I can unload. No, but it's, it's constant reassessments all day long. Right. We have the benefit. Some A lot of people, instead of fucking hating it, it's like, God, my spouse is around all the time. It's like, y- use that shit. Right. Use it because it's, 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 we very, very rarely get the opportunity where it's like you and I are going out without the kids going somewhere because our lives are, we are planning. That's why it's, it's so funny where, you know, we send out Michael's like the birthday invitation for the friends and it's like over a month away. People like, okay, sounds great. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like we're booked out like nine months in advance with our lives. So it's, we're constantly. We're so, so popular. We're so, we're, yeah. We're the best, but it's, we don't have to, we are constantly on the go. We are constantly moving. We are constantly rocking. So it's you and I very seldomly get the opportunity. The idea of like sitting out on the back porch and drinking a beer together sounds romantic. It's so not practical for us and just what we have going on. And not yet, but we, but we said the same thing a year ago of like, well, isn't that nice to sit down and have a cup of coffee? Yeah. And what we realized was like, okay, we've been in this grind mode. Yeah. I think we need to build in some but, time to yeah. sit down and have a cup of coffee. Because we have way too much negative, like, emotion attached to that concept of, with anger right. behind it. That it's, we, we need to, but it's, so in, you and I are talking, we're communicating, we're building throughout the day constantly. It doesn't have to be this, like, set, defined, 
we are having a therapy session as a couple at, you know, 9.15 every Tuesday night or whatever it is. It's just, just talk, talk all the time. Right. And constantly reevaluate and assess where you're at, where you're going, what you want. Yeah. And yeah. apparently screw everybody else. That's the component that I need to work on a little bit more. 150% screw yep. everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because part of our plan involves other people. One of those branches is working within our community. Yeah. So it's built into the plan. Yeah. But it cannot be that just because people need help, that now I have to now dedicate my life to only helping them only. Yeah. Because the fact is, is that, again, it's you're completely out of balance. Yeah. And guess what? If you want help, then fucking get on the list because everybody needs fucking help. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't matter. It's, you can justify so many things of like, well, th- these people need help and these people need help. These people need help. And it's not fair to judge other people is my level of help. I have a capacity. My capacity for assistance in the community and with other people is very different than yours because I have a lot of a lot of extra things going on with my anxiety that is tied to it. And it's, it's not fair to judge other people on what they can give. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that there's time, treasure, and talent. Yeah. So it's for some organizations, I don't have any talent to give you. I can't support you, but I can give of maybe my time to help and volunteer. Or money. Or I can just give you money. Because yeah. there just may be people where it's like, I don't have the time. In fact, my time is way more valuable mm-hmm. to this. So I would much rather just give you money. Like, what do you need? Do you need this? Like, what What are you all trying to achieve? Great. I would rather close that gap financially for you and help you here because I don't have to give that time to you right now, but I can support you in this way. And so definitely it's just, it's, it's, and it's as easy as just you mentally taking a list of if for anybody that struggles with this community goal, right? The literal thing that mm-hmm. I have done is identified what relationships matter, who are the people that matter. What are the relationships then that matter? Then I figure out what organizations are they involved in or what's their business that I can somehow support. And then the next goal is literally getting them on the plan of supporting those organizations or individuals in some way, time, treasure, talent that I can then give to support them. What I just literally explained is a six to nine month breakdown of what is going to happen on how we can then support different people that are in our community and different organizations. But it takes it takes an honest reevaluation of your time, talent, and treasure to determine those things. And that's where that's where people I think need to it's just it's taking a hard look at things constantly. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, finding someone, whether that's your spouse or your friend or therapist or whatever the fuck it is, is finding someone to be able to constantly reevaluate that with. Yeah. That holds you accountable for staying on track and allows you to kind of refocus yeah, where you need to be. The stuff that you focus on are the things that matter. And that's what then is going to improve. Because again, it's, it's an old saying. And I, you know, on this, we've tried to end it a couple of times. But it's it's you either get better or you get worse, but you never stay the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And that came from football and uh, was a former player at Florida that used to come back and teach about one of the rivalry weeks. So his, his week was always, I think it was Tennessee. I think it was Tennessee week. I laughed just because the- there's some serious like Pavlov's dogs oh, yeah. things with you and like Georgia and Tennessee. Yeah. Florida state. Those, Florida state. yeah, for sure. It's, it's those things. And so, but because it gets taught to you, 
but it was it was a saying that, that this player that came back he just hit on so often, which is this it's you either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide, did you get better today or did you get worse today? Because it can't be like, oh, I'm not even Steven. Like I didn't like I'm not treading water. It's either you're staying above water or you're going further down. You're never gonna stay even. And so that's where it's understand it's okay, where then have you improved? And where do you want to improve? But until you start measuring that then that's and here's what's crazy is that the measurement is not the goal and this is something that that julian from strong fit would talk about often it's just data right because what's super deadly for people is that the measurement becomes the goal is i want to get stronger so i want to bench press 405 pounds the issue is is that if Ultimately, what you want is that you want to get stronger. The goal is not that. The goal is to get stronger. A measurement of that strength is how much you can bench press. But it so if all that matters in your life is to bench press 405, you can get there, but you can get there pretty stupid. Yeah. To where everything else just fucking crumbles and crushes. And now, is that what you wanted? Like, what did you mean by strength? Mm Mm-hmm. Because having a 405-pound bench press for one person is really strong. For another, it's a warm-up. Yeah, it's, a, it's all about perception. And I think that things need to be very, very readily defined. Again, honesty mm-hmm. and definition of, of becoming honest with who you are and what you want. Realistic in your expectation of things and having it being readily defined. Okay. Now we got it done. Okay. You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at at It's Possible VS. That's V is in victory, S is in Sam. At It's Possible VS. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. You can find John at on Instagram at jbanksfl and you can find Amy on Instagram at amy.m.fairbanks that's a-i-m-e-e dot m dot fairbanks on Instagram if you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.